Me and what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Game Duetis podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know, it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode with another very special guest. Well, kind of. We typically have a new guest every week. Join us for a candid conversation around the conflict that they've experienced between professionalism and authenticity. That said, this week, I thought it was important to talk about some current events because it is likely going to impact you either right now or your current job or in the future when you apply to jobs. I'm going to be talking today about the salary transparency law that just passed and is now active in New York City. I'll get into three things around that salary transparency law in this episode. First, I'll talk about the issues and challenges that this law is aiming to solve. Two, this law is active, effective November 1st. So I'm going to share some insights based on some research that I did on how some companies have been implementing this law when considering their overall compensation strategy. And three, I'm going to dream a little bit with y'all. I'm going to think a little bit more long term into what I would love to see companies do in the future to really solve the challenges that we hoped this law would solve for. Now, it's not perfect, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. And I think there are some things that we can learn based on how certain companies are reacting and what we ultimately want to solve for. Are you ready? Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. All right, let's get into it. First off, let's keep it a buck. I don't believe most companies are in favor of true salary transparency. Because if they were, then would they even need to wait for a law to be passed? to take these actions? How many research studies need to be funded and published to confirm what we already know? Compared to white male counterparts, many underrepresented groups are being underpaid. Women, underpaid compared to men, black, Latino employees, underpaid compared to their white counterparts. And in a lot of this research, you'll see this theme of negotiation come up as an excuse as to why there is such a gap It's often stated that women and many underrepresented groups don't negotiate as well compared to their white male counterparts. And as a result, they get a lower compensation package. It's not like negotiation skills is even a prerequisite for most jobs, but somehow it ends up getting factored into your compensation package. So despite how well you do on your interview, despite how amazing your resume may be, sometimes it all comes down to how well you negotiate upon receiving an offer. Ain't that some shit? Sometimes it's more about how comfortable you are saying, no, I'm not going to accept that offer and I deserve more versus 
how well you did on the case study, your presentation, your actual interview. One major factor that is part of the negotiation process is the information or insight, maybe even insider information that candidates have going into that conversation. Let me give you an example. When going into an interview and the recruiter asks you, essentially asks you like how much money you want to make in this, the recruiter already knows how much is budgeted, but they want you to tell them how much you want to make. And the recruiter is hoping that what you say is within the range that they can offer. Let's keep it a buck. They are hoping that you say, on average, this is me assuming, because it's a business, they want you to say a number that's on the lower end of that range so that they can not only get you hired, but the business can spend less money to acquire you. Is that a fair assumption? Well, it's my assumption. Think about a lot of these organizations that, that you probably want to work for. Let's take tech, for example. Tech has a diversity problem. There's probably 5% of the tech industry that's Black, probably another 5% that's Latino. Now, if you know no one at the company going into that interview, then you don't have the opportunity to ask some sort of family, friend, alumni of like a high school or a college, university, grad school, whatever it may be. If you know no one at that company, you can ask them questions like, hey, how much money do you make in your role? You just have to depend on anonymous sources like Glassdoor and a few others. Now, imagine you did know someone who was in your network working at that company and maybe even in that specific team or company. You can then ask them. They may or may not share that information with you, but at least you're able to start that conversation. Many underrepresented groups don't have that opportunity. So going into the salary negotiation, we're already behind. Whereas some of our white counterparts are ahead because they know someone and that connection leads to a conversation and that conversation may lead to compensation transparency. So going into that interview with the recruiter and they ask them what they'd like to make, they can actually say a number that is much closer to the high end of that range and they can know with confidence that what they're demanding is actually feasible because they have someone on the inside that can tell them that information. Do you see how the playing field is not leveled? Some of you may even be thinking, well, what's the difference? If you have Glassdoor information that already provides salary ranges, why do you need insider information from the company? Here's why. And I have shared this example previously, but for those that missed it, here's why it's important. When I was working at TikTok, there was a colleague that scheduled a coffee chat with me. We get on the call and they're like, thank you so much for helping me get this job. You have no idea how much you helped me. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, have we met? She's like, oh, no, no, no. We, we've never met, but let me tell you how you helped me. I'm like, okay. Like, I've never met this person. This is my first time meeting this person. They get to the point where the recruiter asks, how much money are you looking to make in this role? This person shares the salary expectations. And of course, this person did what anyone else would do. They didn't know anyone at the company. So they looked up information on websites such as Glassdoor. And remember, these 
websites like Glassdoor, the ranges are provided anonymously. And most often when things are anonymous, people don't believe it. The recruiter that this person was talking to said, well, take that with a grain of salt. Anybody could have wrote that. I could have wrote that. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what they said. And then the recruiter came back with an offer that was much lower than what this person was looking for. This person got lowballed. Well, luckily, this person who was interviewing, this candidate, remembered that I shared my salary transparently on LinkedIn. In fact, I did it while I was working at the company. And this person that was interviewing was interviewing for a role, let's just say similar to the one that I had. Well, the candidate had no other choice but to say, hey, recruiter, if you don't believe this Glassdoor data, what about this post? Here's a person who's public facing, who works at the company right now and is saying that they make this amount of money. And hey, guess what? The amount that this person said that he's making is much closer to the range that I proposed and requested, much higher than the offer that you provided. Well, the recruiter said, let me get back to you, came back a while later, a few days later, and gave her a $100,000 increase in her package. Now, what if I never wrote that post? What if this candidate never had that insider information? That shouldn't even be insider. It should be public information. This is the difference in visibility, a negotiation conversation, and the impact on someone's financial future. This is the power of salary transparency. And it's something that I shouldn't have had to do. It's something that should just be public so that everyone has a more leveled playing field. And something important to note is that companies have fired employees for taking such actions. So the onus on having me even fearing or having anxiety around posting that information is real. In fact, I've dreamed of a day where that fear no longer existed. And there have been actually a couple laws that have been instrumental to seeing that dream come to fruition. This New York City salary transparency law is one of those that passed and is a major step in the right direction. Now, there are various articles written about this law. The New York City Commission on Human Rights was quoted to say, employers advertising jobs in New York City must include a good faith salary range for every job, promotion, and transfer opportunity advertised. In addition, they also went on to say a good faith range is one the employer honestly believes at the time they are listing the job advertisement that they are willing to pay the successful applicant. Essentially, their employers are told that they need to put a minimum and a maximum salary on the offer for the particular role. From my understanding, these ranges should be included wherever the jobs are posted from internal job boards, which are essentially, let's say you want to work for Google, this would be Google's specific career page, or on external job boards or job aggregation websites like LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Indeed, any of those sort of search platforms. The hope and the idea is that providing this salary range up front, it would minimize or completely eliminate the need for negotiation during that process. I encourage you to visit any company's career page, and I've done this for a few jobs myself. I actually visited Google, LinkedIn, and TikTok's career page to see how they're changing their job descriptions with this new law in place. When you go to the career page, filter by location and select New York City specifically, because again, this is specific for jobs that are in New York City. Here are some observations that I've noticed after doing this quick search. So one, I think it's actually laughable some of the ranges that companies are posting. And this is going to vary, but let me give you a few different examples. So I'm on Google's career page. I filtered for New York City and I found the first job that actually came up. <laughs> 
ironically enough, is employee relations partner, workplace concerns. Anyway, so I'm scrolling down. It has the minimum qualifications, it says five years, preferred qualifications. Then it has about the job, it has responsibilities. And in the about the job section, the last paragraph, it says the U.S. based salary range for this full time position is $101,000 to $153,000 plus bonus, plus equity, plus benefits. Now, this is just one example. Let's go over to a job that I actually found on LinkedIn to give you some more context into how other companies are doing this. So very similar. Now, LinkedIn's career page is the LinkedIn platform itself, but it's very similar. There's a company description, there's a job description, there are responsibilities, qualifications, and additional information. Again, for LinkedIn, there are obviously various places where you could work from. I filtered for New York. They actually put the information in the qualification section. And they said LinkedIn is committed to fair and equitable compensation practices. The pay range for this role is $98,253,000. This specific role is called GDS Pricing Strategy Manager. I just picked the first one that I found. Makes sense, right? Let me give you this last example from the TikTok career page. So I just, again, filtered for New York, clicked on the first job that I found, Global Product Marketing Leader, comma, Branding Ads. Again, very typical job description that has the responsibilities, requirements, qualifications, and job information. So on the TikTok application, if you scroll all the way down to job information, they have in brackets for NYC compensation description in parentheses annually. So it says the base range for this position in New York City is $143,440. That's very specific. <laughs> okay. Two, on the high end, $392,000 annually. It says compensation may vary outside of this range, depending on a number of factors, including a candidate's qualifications, skills, competencies, and experience and location. Base is one part of the total package that is provided to compensate and recognize employees for their work. And this role may be eligible for additional discretionary bonuses, incentives, restricted stock units, as well as a comprehensive benefits package. Now, when comparing Google, LinkedIn, and TikTok, one thing that I did notice was that the ranges for the Google and LinkedIn position seemed to be a little bit tighter. For Google, it was about a 50K difference in the range on the low to high end. And for the LinkedIn opportunity, it seemed to be around 50K difference from the low and high end as well. Now, for the TikTok opportunity, there's a difference of $248,000. That is a huge discrepancy between the low and the high end of a base. It may sound like I'm picking on TikTok because that's where I used to work. In fact, one of the reasons why I went to the TikTok career page in the first place is because I was looking to see if they were hiring for my previous position. And because I've worked at the company and I know how much I was making in that specific position, I could see if the ranges that they were publishing were aligned with how much I was making. Where would my compensation package fall within that range? Would it be on the high end, in the middle, on the low end? I think it would have provided for some interesting context. That said, they aren't hiring for that specific team for that specific role at the moment. So I wasn't able to compare. All that to say, I'm not picking on TikTok. And I don't want the example of their salary range to be the worst example that I present in today's episode. Like I said earlier, various 
publications are scouring through job boards to see how companies are handling this. Gothamist actually did their own research and they wrote and they confirmed some similar things. Here's what they said on their Instagram post. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode of the Quinduetas podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Since 1985, McDonald's has given over $33 million in scholarships. You can win one of 30 scholarships available and win a scholarship of up to $100,000. This year, McDonald's is giving away $500,000 in scholarships. Since 1985, Hased has helped aspiring Latino students achieve their dreams of going to college. But despite students' unwavering desire for progress, they still feel lost and powerless, making the need for support greater than ever. And that means it's time to hacer more. Students can apply to McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship and go further like Katia in Chazareta. To apply to the McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship, visit mcdonalds.com slash hacer. That is H-A-C-E-R. Quinduetas is supported by First Republic Bank. At First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker who's ready to sit down and answer your questions, no matter how complex. And did you know that First Republic's commitment to extraordinary service extends beyond its clients? First Republic is committed to strengthening the communities it serves. Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Salaries for New York City-based tech jobs at Amazon were listed by the company at a range of around $88,000 to $185,000. There was a mention of even Deloitte, one of the city's largest employers, listed salary ranges between $86,000 and 161,000. But Citigroup listed multiple job openings with a range between $0 and $2 million. After a lot of people calling them out and flagging this online, a spokesperson from Citigroup later clarified that the eye-popping posting had been caused by a computer glitch. Do we believe that? DK, DK computer glitch. Okay. They said the revised entry Gotham has confirmed that the revised entry showed a salary range between $59,000 and $149,000. I mean, it's not zero to two million, but that range is still pretty big. All that to say, I checked a couple companies, Gotham has checked a couple companies, do your own research and see what else is out there. But everyone seems to be taking their own approach to this. And maybe in the future, there'll be more specific guidelines around what those salary ranges will look like. Maybe there'll be a cap on how wide that gap from the low and high end could even be. I would say that the companies that are doing a great job when it comes to providing these bases and trying to do better when it comes to salary transparency would keep those ranges much tighter so that you really have a clear idea as to what that compensation from a base perspective is offering. Now, an almost $250,000 difference between the low and the high end for me just leads to a lot more questions and also a lot more opportunity for bias and discrimination. With this much difference between the low and the high end, I imagine that those negotiation skills are going to be needed, unfortunately, for this role. Now, again, when thinking about negotiation being part of the compensation package, unfortunately, there's a lot of bias and other factors that will creep into this process, which is not going to help solve the problem and the challenge that this new salary transparency law is ultimately trying to solve for. 
no matter if the salary range from low to high is 50,000 to 250,000, one additional step that I'd love to see companies take is provide more insight into the variables needed to land on that higher end of the range. Now, recruiters know exactly what these variables are. On their end, they know that they are willing to pay an employee more depending if they went to a specific school or even if they have worked for a very specific company. This was an offline conversation, but recruiters have told me that they are willing to offer a candidate more if they have worked for a big tech company. Think, you know, the Facebook, Meta, Apple, Google, Microsoft, those type of big companies compared to a company that is still in tech, is still a big company, but not one of those huge tech companies. This episode on the TikTok job application, they specifically mentioned qualifications, skills, competencies, experience, and location. Let's take location aside for now. Let's assume that this position is only available in New York City. When you mention qualifications, skills, competencies, and experience, what does that mean? Let's assume there are two different candidates. They have pretty much the exact resumes, same skills, same competency, same experience being demonstrated, same results being driven for previous clients. The only difference is the organizations that they have worked for. For example, let's assume candidate A previously worked for Facebook and previously went to Stanford, while candidate B went to a state school and previously worked at Disney. Now, the state school still gave them the opportunity to arrive at pretty much the same experience as the other candidate, but they worked for Disney, which is a still a huge company, respected company, and one that many people want to work for. Yet, in some recruiters' eyes, they see Facebook or Meta or Google or Apple or even Netflix on a higher tier compared to other tech companies. Now, I don't know how they arrive at this tiered system, but I'm telling you that recruiters have told me that this tiered system exists. And it's not only for previous employers, it's also for what schools you went to, among others. Now, fair to say that there may be some bias in this evaluation. If we both have the same skill set, if we have both arrived at this point of our careers where we are both being interviewed for the same position, if we've both demonstrated that we both have the skills and competencies for this role, why should it matter if one went to Stanford and worked at Facebook when we can both do the same job? That level of ambiguity and lack of transparency is what leads companies to get away with paying people differently. This is what leads companies to have, instead of a 50K range, a $250,000 range. When I dream, I see these policies not only being in place for New York City, but something that is in place nationally and hopefully even globally. Companies that I think are doing a phenomenal job are the ones that aren't even waiting for these policies, these laws to be passed. They're saying, oh, we're doing it in New York? Well, let's just do it for the rest of the country. Let's provide compensation ranges for a candidate's annual base nationally. Let's not even wait till they pass in all 50 states. We're just doing it now. When I dream, I see this not only going national as far as the base range, but I see companies going into detail as to what those additional factors that contribute to compensation varying outside of the range provided. When I dream, I see companies not even deviating from the ranges provided. Let that just be a strict line because this idea of quote unquote compensation may vary outside of this range depending on a number of factors that let's be honest are vague as hell. That introduces the opportunity for negotiation and bias in the interview and compensation offer process.
when I dream, I see some accountability in place, someone to audit this process and say, well, this is the range that you provide in the job description, and this is the range that you actually gave the candidate. I'd love to see how close they are. I'd love to see how often companies go above that range for certain candidates. <laughs> white male candidates to be exact but listen i'm just dreaming right are you optimistic that some of these things will pass although i'm dreaming i am optimistic because at some point 10 years ago five years ago i don't think people would have dreamed that we are where we are now with the salary transparency law in place for a market like new york city me hand there that wraps up this week's episode of the kin podcast if you enjoyed this episode please do us a favor leave us a rating and a review it just helps us in the algorithm to ensure that these stories get heard by as many people as possible scaling these stories and experiences is the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism thank you and see you next week